Hi, is uh, is this thing on? Hello? Okay. Well, my name is Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs, and I am the host of As I Was Saying Podcast. Consider me your best friend that's not just going to let you sit there and think problematic thoughts. So sit back, relax, make sure you're following us on Instagram, As I Was Saying Podcast. Follow me, she will speak, and let's get it popping on this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you again for listening to As I Was Saying Podcast. I am your host, Shine Tyler Jacobs. So if you haven't already, I definitely suggest listening to last week's episode, Suicide Prevention and Social Media, where I talked a little bit about my struggles um, with mental health, suicide ideation, and also kind of how social media, you know, kind of compacts all those feelings and thoughts, the constant um feeling like you're missing out or feeling like you're comparing yourself and all of those different things. We talked about on that episode what to look for, you know, in people when they are experiencing suicidal thoughts or they're severely depressed, things such as maybe a lack of hygiene, so it's like not the showering anymore, maybe not doing their hair, and they used to always do that, withdrawing from activities that they love. So for example, myself, I'm a writer. I am a big creative and all of a sudden I just stopped doing creative things, um, even down to some of the more dangerous, you know, signs that someone is very much struggling, which is um, obtaining means, which might be a lethal weapon or some type of substance um, such as drugs or alcohol. So we discussed all of those things. And like I said, again, I definitely suggest you going back and listening to that episode. So today... I wanted to talk more on how individuals can actually cope and manage um, things such as anxiety, depression, um, self-harm urges, PTSD, all of those different things, right? Um, And again, although I have not had really big experiences with every single, you know, mental health um, experience or diagnosis and everyone's experience is very different. I just wanted to give some knowledge and some techniques that I feel have helped me from, you know, listening to my therapist from, again, as I said in last week's episode, social media is a, is a um, vessel. It itself, I do not believe is bad because some of these techniques or people who've helped me, I've actually found through social media. So social media has been another thing that has helped me, you know, get these techniques. And I just wanted to talk about these things on this episode as a way to really, you know, give somebody maybe that tool that they were looking for. And if you did not know, September is Suicide Prevention Month. So this is, you know, a a time, and there's any time is a good time to talk about mental health, to talk about suicide prevention. And again, I actually made a post um, a few days ago that it's not only talking about it as us as individuals kind of watching out for our friends, watching out for our family and people like that. You know, it's also talking about it from the systemic oppression that comes with it so speaking about the fact that a lot of times people feel like they cannot get help because it's so stigmatized that like if you tell your job or you tell school or you start slipping then it's like well obviously you can't do your job obviously you can't come into school then you should just be removed which I have actually experienced that on the educational side um going to therapy and you know expressing my need for assistance and it's like well then maybe you should just drop out and it's you know we can't keep doing that to people we can't preach and be talking all of these things about mental health and and suicide prevention and yet still in these institutional structures we still 
criminalize in a sense people you know and stigmatize them for for struggling so just wanted to add that in there because I saw that I saw some someone else on I forget who they were on Twitter kind of talk about that and I just you know really made me think that yeah that's so true so the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to um, managing any form of like a mental health condition or illness is again it is everyone's experience I am a big believer that a combination of things does help so for some people they may need medication right and I think we also stigmatize medication a lot when in all actuality it's you know if someone needs it to become you know what stable means to them then it's okay to take and I just wanted to say that because um I know a lot of times it gets stigmatized like oh they're on their meds or you know people make the jokes all the time like oh they didn't take their meds today when in all actuality you know someone may have had an experience or something that we forget when it comes to you know mental illness is the same way someone you know can be physically ill where it is something that is genetic like you know these are all things either from traumatic experiences that alter a lot of times the chemicals in our brain and sometimes those chemicals in our brain are just altered like that if that makes sense so it is okay to require medicine to maybe bring you to a point where things like grounding techniques, things like yoga, things like therapy might be a little bit more manageable for you because you're out of the crisis stage. And that is a big term that I like to use. I've heard it used a lot of time in my time in therapy, my time when working in like a, a life skill counselor position, my time with being friends with a lot of people who work in the mental health or advocates. Because um, the biggest thing when it comes to this work is trying to help people especially out of that crisis stage because it's very hard to work to these next levels if you're still kind of sitting in crisis you know like if you're still very much like you know as we talked about last week in a suicidal ideation and an attempted suicide mindset it's very hard to say well let's ground let's let's take a bath let's do this no someone is still in the crisis stage so the first things I want to talk about is grounding techniques. So grounding techniques are very much used to exactly what it sounds like, ground you to what's around you. So a lot of times when somebody is experiencing something like a panic attack or they're experiencing a a kind of like a mental shift or, or, or a mental breakdown, as we might say, um, they allow you to refocus and actually pull you away from the flashbacks on one of memories, negative or challenging emotions. And a lot of them are things that we say, use, or we're going to do to basically, in a physical sense, kind of like, for example, um, calling out five things that you see. So, you know, right now it's like, I see a chair. I see a poster board, I see this, I see that. And it's now refocusing that energy on what's in front of you. Um, some other grounding techniques are biting into a lime or a lemon. You know, that one, obviously you have to have that available, but something maybe sour, something sweet, doing something like that, um, taking several deep breaths. So I know a lot of times within yoga, they do this, therapy, they do this. Um, within some of my life coaching sessions, I've seen this done where you take a deep breath, but it's also the holding it, you know, so the breathing in of like one, two, three, four, hold, 
and then exhale one, two, three, four. Because a lot of times um, if someone is experiencing a panic attack, you're, you're breathing so hard, you're breathing so heavy that it's, it's making your body's adrenaline rush, right? And so we want to take that down and being able to breathe in again, one, two, three, four, hold. One, two, three, four, and exhale that. It sets you back on a, a very fluid, rhythmic, and back to your, your normal state of breathing, right? Your happy place in your mind. And I know I've always heard this, like, find your happy place, find your happy place. But it actually is real. Being able to have this place in your mind that you go or even a physical place, which is another grounding technique where you can sit or go, whether that's, you know, you're going to stand outside, you're going to go for a walk, physical activity. Um, that's something that's very helpful as well. Drinking like a cold glass of water, um, putting your, your feet on the floor or, or touching something with your hands, you know, being able to actually, as you're touching something, explain. And this is like a big key thing that I've noticed within even my managing style is being able to to verbally state what's happening so touching for example the floor and saying like this is okay this is the floor this feels like this this feels like that um it feels like this right list and write down your feelings so this one is this one actually is very helpful for me now when i was you know earlier in my stages of working through mental health um, my diagnosis anyway, it was really hard to be like, let's just stop and write down what you feel. But it's actually very helpful because not only does it actually calm you down in the moment, because again, what is happening is you have a lot of this energy and it's, it doesn't know where to go. So it's literally just being internalized in you and like bouncing back and forth. I visualize it as, have you ever been to like one of those, um, like baseball, um, things where it's like it shoots the baseballs at you and I can't think of the word I'm so mad like but it, it's I'm seeing it in my head right and it's like okay you got one ball okay we can hit that two ball but think about all of these balls shooting and it's like now at a certain point especially because you know there there are these uh baseballs or especially if it's tennis balls right now they're just bouncing all around the room and that's what's happening when someone's like especially like for example myself I can speak a lot towards anxiety when I'm experiencing like an anxiety attack that's what it feels like it just feel it literally feels like all these tennis balls are just bouncing around bouncing around bouncing around bouncing around and being able to write it down is like well this tennis ball it feels like this and this one feels like that and it's like once you name it once you write it you're feeling calm in the moment but but a big thing too is now what you're able to do is actually look back on those feelings and a big thing and you know this is a little bit separate from grounding we'll touch more on it um I'll touch no I can touch on it now the reason why this is important is because another aspect of managing is also understanding what causes a lot of these emotions and triggers. So if you're someone with anxiety, it's like, okay, well, what, what makes you anxious? Like what happens that you get anxious and get a panic attack? If you have PTSD, what causes this PTSD? What are these situations? And sometimes because we are such a fast paced, capitalistic, institutionally oppressed that's not this episode though but yeah our society got a lot of things with it that sometimes we go through life so fast we don't even take time to acknowledge what's happening to us so writing down what you feel writing down the panic writing down 
exactly what happened can actually help you reflect. Because let's say, for example, okay, you had an anxiety attack and you wrote it down. And then it's able to make you go, okay, well, what happened today or what's been happening? And maybe you're in school and you realize that it's your senior thesis, right? And you realize you had to change your subject. And maybe, you know, you found that out on Monday and you were cool. And then all of a sudden on Thursday, it just all hit while you were trying to get all this information together. And it's like, well, earlier this week, I did find this out. Probably the root of your anxiety. And that's another thing too that can happen. You know, a lot of times these things aren't instant. Something can trigger you maybe a day, hours before, and then it all hits. I've definitely been talking about maybe even things with my friends you know processing and then I hang up the phone do like 30 things and then later in the night or later on even in the daytime I start crying or I start like having a panic attack or I start just getting very emotionally unhinged because my mind finally settled into like well this this bothers us right um and so that's one thing and so try the five four three two one method so that's counting down five four three two one and then you know something even as simple as taking a hot or cold shower so literally again giving your body that outside outside shock factor right so those are some grounding techniques because again we want to take you outside of what's happening so one of the things i really wanted to lean into especially because I believe if I'm not mistaken it's like big percentage of our population especially in um, this country suffers from anxiety right and anxiety is something that I feel like many times we do not talk about and not because I don't think we don't know what it is I think unfortunately we've become so normalized especially when it comes to anxiety and depression, I think it's very much normalized in the aspect of like, oh, well, everybody has those problems, just just push through it. Which, well, number one, takes away from other mental health diagnoses that people might be struggling with as well that really don't get talked about. So that's number one. And number two, it makes everybody's relationship with anxiety and or depression to be like one size fits all when it's not, you know? everybody's um, relationship with it is different. So for myself personally, right, I'm very high functioning with my anxiety. So what that means is I could be walking around doing all types of work. I'll laugh, joke with you. You know, I've literally been on the phone with people, hung out with people and left and got in my car and just started crying and started having a panic attack. And it's like, what what you mean? What just happened? We was just having fun. That is how quickly it can work. That's literally how my, personally for me, my anxiety work. It's very much like high functioning where a lot of times people don't even know what's there. And some people, this is where they get the, 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 I like a phrase my old coworker used to use, six eggs in one, half a dozen in the other. A lot of times people think one is better than the other and it's like, it's, it's not. Because being so um, high functioning sometimes where people don't even think that there's a problem sometimes make you feel like there's not. And I think with anxiety, especially we just blanket it as stress. And I don't know about anybody else, but stress is the number one killer. So things with therapy, managing techniques that can help. One of the biggest ones is questioning your thought pattern. So negative thoughts are, you know, come up a lot of times, right? And sometimes we actually sit with them, which is very dangerous. So even before you question your thought, something I learned is thought stopping. So this is when you can say it in your mind or actually, again, going back to the grounding techniques, these 
physical or external ways to kind of manage your mental health, actually saying stop. Like I've literally had thoughts in my head and literally been like, stop, stop. Mm -mm. And the thoughts stop. And a lot of the time doing that initially stops it and then asking your mind why. So it, it could be something like, oh, they don't like you. You know, they're judging you right now. How you know that? Literally asking yourself, how do you know that? And then seeing how your mind can't formulate those answers for you because it's it's not real. It's not happening. Like these people, you don't know that. You don't know that. It's your anxiety, again, though, creating these, these scenarios for you. And to pause right quick, um, to go into anxiety a little bit deeper, a lot of these things, it's, it's, it's definitely a duality with it, right? Um, because anxiety, and I definitely would recommend again on Netflix, The Mind Explain, because I, I like the way that they explained it on this doc series, anxiety is, is an adrenaline rush, right? It is the thing that when we're walking at night and you feel that someone is following you. So you start maybe putting your keys in your hand, you call somebody, you, you're, you're tensing up because you're ready that for the for the part where you might have to turn around and like fight or run or do something, right? That's anxiety. Anxiety saves people's lives. Anxiety is like again because anxiety is is a sense of something happening in the future or your preparation for something, right? So anxiety is not bad. And I think a lot of times when especially again talking about anxiety, we think a lot of these things are bad. That's not the bad part with anxiety. It's not the bad part with adrenaline. Again, being anxious has probably saved so many of us from situations because we're like, mm, this don't feel right. My body, you know, like literally the feelings are your body tenses up. Literally your food, like I didn't know like your stomach actually does stop digesting food. And that's why like you might feel like, honestly, you have to use the bathroom because it's like your your stomach dr- does drop. It just is like we're done digesting. That's too much energy. We need this energy to figure out if we're, we're fight or flight, like what's happening, right? What's bad about it is if your anxiety is always going off and if you're living in a constant state, a constant state of that physical and mental reaction. Because as I just stated, it's like, you know, your stomach stops processing food, your breathing comes short, your body tenses up, you become hyper vigilant. All of those things, you can't do that 24-7. It is a big stressor. It is a big amount of energy that is being focused somewhere else, right? So... That is the one thing I also wanted to put in. Anxiety, adrenaline, it is not inherently bad, but you cannot live in that. It's it's bad for you. So practice focusing um, and deep breathing as another managing technique, which we talked about before with grounding. Other, other things such as a lot of times people recommend things like um, aromatherapy or scenery or going outside, all of those different things. So what's around you? What are you taking in? Yoga is another big component that I, I see, feel, and I've definitely tried to get more into of people when it comes using when it, when it comes to managing anxiety. Because again, the meditation aspect, the connecting with your body, because again, when we're going when we have anxiety, our body is literally fighting or flighting. So everything becomes hyper like hyper focused. Your body just is like clenching. You're ready to run. You're ready to do all these different things. You're not giving your body a chance to just breathe and you know when I started doing yoga 
and like really doing even the simple things like drop your shoulders. I saw how hard it was to do that because I've never just like, I've been so tense. Like I, I was, listen, I was a child when I figured out like you are a tense child. Like my, my grandma was like, why are you so tense? So for me personally, yeah, yoga and, and just going on walks is very helpful. And again, writing down your your thoughts definitely is another big one. And again, because this will help you to identify your triggers um, and all those different things. And again, these are a lot of techniques that you can do on your own. Um, other techniques that, again, if you would like to supplement or if you are in need maybe of a therapist or someone within you know that field that's where you can get into the cognitive the cognitive behavioral therapy you know CBT um, routine medication um, you know maybe even working on supplementing like your lifestyle as far as like maybe um, what you do as far as body in motion maybe what you do as far as food and again not saying food and anyone's eating style is a, a, a issue, but maybe again, you know, maybe being able to eat at a different time or maybe being able to eat certain different things or maybe being able again to just change your schedule is very helpful. So for my, for myself, right? I am somebody who needs a schedule and I am not ashamed to say that. Um, I actually, when COVID started, because everybody's schedule went to poo-poo, right? I'm like, dang, got a 2020 planner. I was proud as hell. The planner's so pretty. I'm just like, dang, didn't even use like half of it. But what I noticed after, you know, speaking with friends, speaking to my therapist was once I started to lose the schedule, everything fell. Like everything fell. And again, I can tell when my mind is, is really in a bad place do the physical manifestation of it. So my room is one of the first thing that goes. Like my room will look like a tornado just went all up and through it. So being able to have a schedule for me is personally very helpful. And it's something, again, I'm not ashamed of because it, it just it just is. It just helps. Like it's, it's something that allows my mind to go, okay, we, we're not going to be anxious about the day. Yes, something could change. Yes, something could throw a, a, a monkey wrench into our plan. But we know these things are happening. We can prepare, right? And again, all of those things are helpful. And then as you grow and you're managing, that is when you can move into different stages. Because now I'm happy where I'm more at the stage of, okay, great. You know how to manage and, and be calm, when things are planned and you have a good idea now of how to plan those things, how to stay on, on, you know, your routine. And now it's more so managing when your plan doesn't go your way or when an abrupt thing happens. Right. Um, so change is not something I personally will admit I'm good at, but it's something that I'm recognizing. Okay. We can, we can navigate this bet. So I hope those techniques are very helpful again, because we went through as a whole techniques that are helpful for any form of, of mental health. And those, again, were things that were a little bit specific um, to coping and managing anxiety. So some things that I feel very help, well, very, that very much helped me when it comes to coping and managing depression um, and, and depression, again, is, is a different type of thing, at least for myself, when you are managing and coping with that. And a big thing is 
a lot of actually when I even looked up a lot of um, strategies that I I was even looking up just to see uh, um, a big amount of them actually were making sure you reach out to people. Um, so one of the biggest things I guess I would even recommend because I do it too is staying connected. You know, tell somebody how you're feeling because a big thing when it comes to depression is that isolation tact is that isolation part right. A lot of times you feel isolated. A lot of times you you want to be isolated, but you also really don't. So if someone, you know, is aware of maybe how you're feeling, they can check in on you once a day. I know I've been in very, very bad depressive states, but I still answered the phone for people and literally have told them, I don't know why I'm answering the phone. And a lot of times they're like, because subconsciously you, you wanted us to call subconsciously you wanted someone to be there for you you just are not at an energy level are not at a a mental space right now to really understand not to say understand that but to really like feel that you're just more like I'm answering because you called right so have that um again a lot of affirmations right so trying to get up in the morning look in the mirror at yourself or again just write down reframe your thoughts so you are you are valuable you are loved you are enough all of those different things one thing I personally feel that helps me with depression is celebrating what you do so you know I've I've literally had again some of my very 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 close friends who I I kind of disclose and talk to when I'm when I'm struggling you know it'll be something as simple as like did you shower today because they knew maybe I didn't for some time. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, good, good, good shit. Good job. Right. And for some people it might be like, why are you celebrating someone's shower? But listen, when someone is so far down and for anyone who's ever experienced depression, when you are just so much in that space where moving is just like not an option for you, a simple shower is, is a congratulations. Right. And again, Suicide Prevention Month, we need to have these conversations because there are a lot of people out here suffering who really don't know where to turn to because it is so stigmatized. So celebrate those victories. Celebrate the fact that, guess what? You might have piles of garbage in your room because you can't even bring yourself to clean something up, but you clean that one corner of your desk. You just were like, well, I'm going to sit here, so I'm, I'm going to clean it up. Yeah, that's great. That's great because you made you made an action. You made you stepped in the right direction. Um, celebrate the fact that you ate something because a lot of times you don't. And that's also a great technique, again, for managing depression. Having a schedule, maybe trying the best you can to maybe stick to that. Having maybe a little, having things that are a little bit accessible to you are a little bit easier to access. So, you know, a lot of times I might not eat a full meal when I'm in that space, but I might eat a snack. You know, I might eat, you know, some chips. I might eat something that is not a meal or not food food. It's literally junk food or a snack in the aspect of how I view it. Like it's ice cream. But guess what? It's something. You ate something. And again, having those support and those positive people with anything that you're going through around you. Because you, it's hard because we've all had it. And I know I still have people around me who don't understand. And it's like, oh my God, are you really celebrating that? Like it doesn't make any sense. But guess what? When you have people around you who celebrate, hey, guess what? You ate? What'd you eat today? This? Okay, that that's good. Why don't why don't we try that? Mm-hmm. Um, taking time to yourself because it's very much needed. And again, 
Same way you can have high-functioning anxiety, you can say you can have high-functioning depression as well. So t- knowing when to take step backs, knowing when you are in a place that is now might become dangerous or might become a crisis situation. One of the reasons why I've been talking about social media so much because I think I'm very much becoming in tune with the fact that I'm doing too much on it. Like I'm on it too much. And not that I'm so much, I'm on it too much, that's the problem, but I'm not at a place where it's it's a balance. It's like I'm on it too much and then I feel like I'm not doing enough in my personal life, I feel like I'm not doing enough in my creative life, and then I get stuck in these ruts of comparison, I get stuck on these ruts of like going down these rabbit holes, um, all of those things. So knowing when, you know what, this is going to become an issue, and knowing when to remove yourself from that, which is a big, a big part, you know, and that comes with self-awareness. I know for myself, I am a very big person in, in self that is self-aware with a lot of these things. So it helps me a lot of the time. Um, and another thing that is very helpful that again, we sometimes very much forget sleep, you need to go to sleep, sleep. And that's for like both of these, like anything. And when I mean sleep, it's like we need to have good and healthy sleep patterns. Because again, if you're not even getting the recommended rest, you know, it's very hard for you to thought process and 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 to really weigh your options and to really, you know, take in things that are happening. If you're sleep deprived, it it's, it's clinically proven, like your judgment is way off. I definitely, when I was a kid, my mom, sometimes when I would be upset, would be like, go take a nap. And I sometimes would come downstairs and be like, oh, okay, I'm not as upset as I am anymore. And it's like, yeah, because you, you're, you're literally tired. So now you're irritable. And now all these other things that are happening to you are being compounded, mixed in with sleep deprivation. And again, that's not excusing these things. It's not saying that they're not still existing and they're not still valid, even if you have a good night's rest. But having a good sleep pattern, having a good night's rest might also help you in being able to manage and cope because now you are physically and mentally in a place where it's like, okay, I can think as opposed to like, I'm just so, I'm just so like uh, tired and emotionally just drained, right? So those are some managing and coping and coping skills that I utilize that I hope do help someone. And like I said, feel free to listen to last week's episode, suicide prevention and social media. If so, if you were someone that you know is in fact struggling with mental health, um, one, I encourage you, if you are the person that it is okay, you know, to be struggling. A lot of times we have these, um, it's, I'm sorry, it's it's just, it's like, uh, it's, it's hard sometimes, trust me, I know. It's we have these stigmas, right, that prevent us from from getting help. But it's okay to get help. And if you need help, if someone you know needs help, and you may not know what to do, you don't know what resource, you can always call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. That is 1-800-273-8255. That is 1-800-273-8255. You can, again, be open with some of your support systems. It's okay to get help. If you're someone like myself, because I've recently been going through this where it seems like a lot of the techniques or things you've been doing, it doesn't seem like they have the same impact anymore. So you're kind of confused over 
well, what's next? Like, what do I do? I'm still very much, I feel like I'm still suffering. Like, what, what is happening? It's okay to communicate that with your therapist, with your friends, and, and see maybe if there's other alternatives. And you know what? Something that I'm seeing with myself when it comes to reframing, it's not always bad. You know, I try to look at everything that was grilled. So guess what? I was talking to a friend one day because like I said, as of recently, I've, I've had, you know, some some difficulties, some setbacks. And one of my friends said, you know, you haven't had, you know, an episode or you haven't been like this in such a long time, years, right? And he's like, that's growth. And even now it's like, look at how you're managing and handling it. Like you're talking to somebody, you know, you're talking to multiple people. You're trying to look for different outlets. You're, you're, you're doing things that when we did this three or three and four years ago, you weren't doing. And, you know, those encouragements really do mean a lot. When you have people who can be like, listen, this would have happened like a year ago. Uh, no, we, we would have, we would have been on this for like five months, but guess what? It's now week four and yeah, you might still hurt. Yeah. These things might be difficult, but look at like how you're growing. Look at how you're doing these things on your own. And again, it's, it's mental health for a reason. It is not something that you can just get over. And that's for people who tell people that. And that's even for all of us. You know, don't convince yourself. It's like, oh my God, like I should just be able to snap out of it. No, no, you can't. You know, your emotions, your feelings are valid. And we need to start really addressing them because it's okay to address these. It's okay to address these things because of the longer we just try to push them back, the heavier the burden becomes. And that's why we have so many people walking around with so many high functioning conditions because we just learn how to put on a face for a few hours, right? So it's okay. You don't have to put on that face anymore. And again, I hope this episode really helps somebody. Remember, there is never a bad time to talk about mental health, suicide prevention. Every day is a good day. We shouldn't just do it in September. My name is Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs, and I'm the host of As I Was Saying Podcast, reminding you all that you are loved, you are needed, you have purpose, and that these tools and many other tools, which I'll be dropping in the show notes, can help you, can help other people. Again, whether you're doing it by yourself, doing it in a combination of therapy, spiritual practices, X, Y, and Z. But just remember you're important. And something I've been seeing this week, which I actually cried and told one of my friends, like, like there are people that love me. And I think consciously, subconsciously, I know that. Consciously, it, it, it made me cry to say that there are people that love me and that want me here in this life. So just know that there are people that love you. And despite those things that you went through, despite the people that might have pushed you away or might have left you, there are people who aren't going anywhere. And those are the people you can always hone in and lean on. I don't know people right now who would take flights in a pandemic to be here if I if I you know, was really struggling. And I'm blessed to know that without a doubt in my mind, if I gave someone that call, it'd be like, okay, best. So I'm at the airport. Um, the earliest flight I got is this, but we, we out. Same way I would do for other people. Hone in on those people. Those people, those people are good people. And better yet, what I'm learning now, which is really hard to do, but it's a really cool journey. Own it on yourself because it's the longest relationship you're going to have. 
and uh, forgive yourself. You can apologize, but really forgive yourself for the mistakes or the experiences that you had because it's hard carrying those burdens around. It's hard hating yourself. Trust me, it's very hard hating yourself. I've hated myself for a very long time. And then one day I woke up and I was like, I don't want to get to an age where it's like, why did you hate yourself when you were such a beautiful person? And it's a journey. It's hard. It's grueling. It is the little self-growth journey that they sometimes try to pass us. It is not this always beautiful thing. But I promise you it's worth it. And you got this. So... Thank you for listening. If you are enjoying, as I was saying, podcasts, please make sure to subscribe. Please be sure to drop a comment on our Instagram, as I was saying, podcast. And please, please remember, you are needed in this world. Happy Thursday. Can't wait to speak to y'all next week.